Hey everybody, it's Lisa Lampanelli, the Queen of Maine, and you know what? I got my own podcast. Yeah, does everyone have one? Pretty much, but mine's different because I'm going to help you like I help myself. Get Stuffed with Lisa Lampanelli every week is going to teach you how to have the fabulous life that I have. If you don't listen, you're just stupid and don't want to help yourself. So don't even listen. I don't even want you to. But if you do, if you disobey my orders and listen, you can go to feralaudio.com or download it from iTunes. But again, don't listen. I don't even care. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. My name is Robert Patrick. I play Gary Tyson. That's Gary Tyson with an I in the film Last Rampage. Evil broke loose in 1978. Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a, a fictional character. It was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the, the things that you were drawn on. Of course, I, I, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story, like there, you know, the the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know, how do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And, and the, the, the link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was, it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. X-Files Files. Uh, today we're talking about Humbug and the Kalusari. Very excited to talk about Humbug. This is an episode, you know, I mean, it's a lot of people's favorite episode, and it's just a fantastic episode. Emily is coming by today, and she is obviously awesome, so I'm uh, going to talk to her about it. Uh, please, uh, usual stuff, go on iTunes and give the show a good review, write something good there. If we keep high up in the rankings, we can get more people to show up. Um, 
uh, at X-Files Files, at Kumail N, if you want to talk to me. The subreddit is slash X-Files Files. A lot of good conversation going on there. Um, and, um, oh yeah, email me. That's um, I always forget the email. It's The email is thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. Please um, email me there. And, um, yeah, hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you. Hey, welcome to <laughs> X-Files Files. Emily Gordon is back. Hi, I'm Emily Gordon, everybody. How was the commute? We'll make this joke every, <laughs> every time. Every time. Great. I walked out of my house. You actually were gone. I was gone. And you were like, you know we have a podcast at five, right? And I was like, I'll get there oh when I God, get there. They'll know what time the podcast is being recorded. 5 a.m. <laughs> um, so Wouldn't that be the worst, a 5 a.m. podcast? I think it would be interesting, actually. We should maybe try it sometime. Yeah, Just wake up. we should try it. Just like for two episodes, our indoor kids. <laughs> where that aren't like important and just see how, how dare you say that something's not important y- when it relates you know, to the I mean, we're, we were talking about two today one is vitally important and one is not no you know what i think both the episodes today deal with a little bit of xenophobia which i think is interesting Shh, okay all right so let's get right into it all right Humbug. Uh, this is the first one written by Darren Morgan. He had a story credit on Blood, but this is the first one written by him, directed by Kim Manners. The second one directed by Kim Manners, um, who then becomes a major, major part of the show and has since passed away, unfortunately. Oh. Yeah. I was hoping that Kim Manners could have uh, a show called Minder Manners. Um, what it's a, he's a director. Directors don't usually name things after No, it would be his podcast talking about okay. directing. Okay, that would have been great. Mind your manners. Um, but he passed away. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's about, <laughs> he's, they're both about a little bit of xenophobia. Mm-hmm. One is a very considered uh, look at it, and one mm-hmm. seems to accidentally and sort of clumsily use it rather In than a weird really way. comment on it. Yeah, I would agree. This one, like, right from the beginning, you know it's going to be Obviously, this is the freak show episode. You know it's going to be different because it starts off and you think there's a monster that's attacking these kids. And the monster turns out to be their dad, the crocodile man. Yeah. You uh, think he's like preying man, on them. Yeah. yeah, you think he's preying on them, but he's just... And so, like, really quickly, X-Files, you know, always has whatever looks like a monster is a monster. Like, mm-hmm. that's just how it's been. And... uh and so this is sort of commenting on that. Like yeah. in X-Files, the other is always the bad guy. And here he's just, and suddenly like when it does that, it like calls into, you sort of think about your own biases immediately. Like you. Really? I can't operate on this this child. This is my son. <laughs> you know that old thing? No. Is that like the doctor was a woman? Yeah, exactly. Is it that? How dare you? Yeah, it's a great, it, it does a great job of just throwing you into a world, a world that I've always been very fascinated by immediately. And you're the observer in this world. Uh, and y- this is, uh, like, everybody's very comfortable here. You're the weird one here. Yeah, as yeah. As the viewer, And he talks cool. about how being weird is, is cool and normal. And I wanted you to do this, Emily, because you <laughs> are always, you've seen the Jim Rose show. I've seen the Jim Rose circus. You've I saw. met the Enigma. I met the Enigma. Who in plays my, the conundrum in this. Yeah, they really did a great yeah. job on that name. Uh, 1995, I believe it was. And Jim Rose is in this. He's the doctor, the blockhead guy. The concert I saw was Nine Inch Nails with two opening acts. M- Marilyn Manson, who had yet not done anything, and uh, the Jim Rose Circus. And, yeah. uh, it and was didn't you, you, you talk to the conundrum? I, I mean, talked to the, Here's what happened. This is one of the craziest things that's ever happened to me. Yeah. Uh, I was 15. I could not drive. Uh, my, like, is this in your goth phase? Yeah, dear. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I was so excited to be there. I was walking in the outskirts of the arena, like 
inside, but like before you get to where the seats are. Uh, and out of nowhere, I swear to you, the enigma, and I was not a pretty teenager. I was not like a hot 15-year-old. Yeah, Come on, son. You've seen this. Uh, the enigma You're comes great. up to me, cuts through the crowd, comes up to me, stares at me, gets in my personal space, and is like breathing really hard on me. And I fell in love immediately. <laughs> he's well, he's like sort of being like an animal, kind of. He was kind of acting like an animal, and f- probably he did this to a lot of young women there. Well, at least w- four or five a night, but it's still not to every woman he saw. Just to the vulnerable looking one. Picked you. He did pick me. Not vulnerable, likely. Uh, likely. You uh, looked real likely. And I will say there was nothing. I felt nothing overly sexual about it. It was just like he was just kind of got him my face, and I thought I felt very honored. And I remember trying to be like play it cool. I don't remember what I said, if anything. What, to what him. did he say? Anything? Not at all. He his he kind of never talked very much, and then he just uh, walked away. So to say that I talked to him is kind of a kind of not true. Yeah. Um, well, now that we're here, I guess uh, I was going to talk about this stuff later because we haven't actually talked too much about the episode, mm-hmm. but this is such a major part of it that you and I were talking about this recently, and it's something that we've talked about before. You were sort of a weirdo kid, mm-hmm. right? And you f- you found like expression for it you were into like nine inch nails and marilyn manson and like yeah weird metal and skinny puppy and yes yeah i just felt kind of weird and i it was awesome for me to take it from a thing that felt out of my control because i felt weird and i felt like there i wasn't under my control and i wish i could have been normal and then there was a point where i was like you know what fuck it you guys think i'm weird i'll show you weird yeah and then i really embraced everything weird that i could possibly yeah yeah and i was completely the opposite in that i was weird but i was trying so hard to be normal and you found your community of weirdos to hang out with. Like you hang, used to hang out at, what was the place called? Pablo's. Pablo's, yeah. It was like this coffee shop that all the weirdos hung out at, yeah. right? And I never did. I just always tried to be normal. And then what happened then was I just kind of got made fun of a lot in school. And then our family community. And we talked about how like weird stuff used to make me feel very uncomfortable. Yeah, there's like, a lot of stuff that will come up from like the mid-90s that you'll be like, oh, I didn't like that. And I'll be like, that seems like it'd be so up your alley. And you'd be like, oh, I didn't like anything weird. Like you rejected. You were angry that it existed it seemed like well and yeah it's sort of like you know when someone who's in the closet sort of yeah, comes is out as homophobic i think so because you know like uh something like like i love weird stuff now but like david lynch stuff back then like weirded me out and i hated it i hated heavy metal music like and what exactly when you were when you say hated like what was your what were you thinking do you remember what your emotions were what your reaction was it just made me very uncomfortable and it made me, I think it was, you know, obviously it was very repressed. And so it was like sort of resonating with something that I didn't know was in me. And so I kind of hated myself for How lovely is that? For kind of liking it. Yeah. And then I really rejected it. So I hated heavy metal music. I remember even like at the time I f- discovered Cannibal Corpse. I like found out of a Cannibal Corpse and Do I hated Ace Ventura? it. Bad detective? Was that what it was? <laughs> they were in that movie. And I read the, read the <laughs> lyrics, and they were so fucking dark and horrible, and I hated it, but I couldn't stop, like, just reading the lyrics. Really? Yeah, which is not, it's kind of... That is a weird thing to do. I didn't like It's not great, because it's, like, super, the, the lyrics are really violent. I mean, that's violent. how you make serial killers, is people who are not allowed to express any of these things, and then, like, yeah. they were like, oh, I guess I'll kill my mother. And yeah, well, like, Wes Craven was Southern Baptist, and his first movie was Last House on the Left, which is one of the most fucked up movies you'll ever see. Very fucked. Up. Yeah. Yeah. So this episode is about those weirdos finding their community where they can express themselves and be different and be strange. And um, even this episode, when I first saw it, I didn't like it. 
I didn't right? like this episode. That's this okay. is an episode that comes up a lot. A lot of people like it. And I was like, I don't like that episode. It just made me feel weird. I didn't like that yeah. there were people who were blockheads. Who, and I didn't like that that guy was tattooed all over. And I didn't <laughs> like that he ate weird shit. I fucking hated it. Now I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's awesome that people it's can do. It's a little do. gross that he eats weird shit. <laughs> it's totally gross. But he's, it's totally gross. Yeah. But he's found a way to express himself and be himself. And in his own unique way, you know, like as long as he's not hurting anyone other than bugs. The fish and the bugs. And yeah. The, yeah. He literally, in the first scene that you see the conundrum, he's like doing some very Gollum-esque shit. He's eating some fish. So he's juicy, sweet. It totally looks like Gollum. It really it's is. It's the same stance. It's so weird. And he's wearing just just underwear, which, yeah. by the way, Gollum never wore clothes. No, but I think this guy, uh, he can't be. Imagine him in a suit. That's not going to work. I bet he looks great in a suit. Um... Yeah, I bet yeah. he does actually. Mm -hmm. But see, so that's that's why I didn't like this episode. And and now when I watch it, this is the most it's ever resonated with me. That's cool. And because I didn't find my community of weirdos until pretty College. much I started doing comedy. Yeah. And then the other comedians are the weirdos. Like I found, luckily, a way to express myself. Uh, that uh, you Dad, know. And all the penis art you do. We don't talk about the penis <laughs> art. That's going to be a different podcast. A different podcast yes. <laughs> altogether. What should that one be called? Uh, Jackson Polcock. What? Thank you, Dustin, for laughing. Ja <laughs> Jackson Polcock? Well, yeah, no, uh, there, that yeah. was pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, <laughs> so it was almost as if I came up with that ahead of time, but I did no, not. No, Frida Kocklo. <laughs> um, let me, I, and I am, I watched it a few days ago. What exactly, the humbug refers to something very specific, the word humbug. Do you remember what it was? Yeah, humbug is a person who is like basically a fraud. That's like right. It's, it's like a scam Instead kind of. Instead of being like a genuine freak or a person who does stunts, they're a fraud. Well, there's an interesting line where he says that mm. they, uh, he doesn't like geeks. He said they don't even attain the level of gaffes. Yeah. Gaffes are phonies. I loved that guy. So there's like different levels of people that they respect. Yeah. And this whole episode is about obviously weirdos finding their community, but also about perception and how you see people and how they really are. And Mulder and Scully, specifically Scully in this episode, uh, makes a lot of value judgments on these people, mm -hmm. snap judgments based on how they are and what they do. And she's proven wrong over and over. Uh, there's that great scene with the guy from, his name's Mr. Nut in this. He's the the hotel owner guy. You mean the Twin Peaks guy? The Twin Peaks <laughs> the guy. The room guy. Where Mulder basically is like, hey, you work at the circus. And he like goes off. And he's giving this whole fucking awesome it's monologue. It's of the episode, really. It's so great. Yeah. While he's doing that, he's like walking down an elaborate set of <laughs> steps and stuff that he's made. So he can be sort of do his job, but he's like sort of walking down it in a very casual, normal way as if he's done this every day. Because he has. This is his routine, you know. And yeah. then he like, it's funny because then he's sort of making fun of Mulder. And he's like, well, I look at you and I would guess FBI agent. And he's like, I am an FBI <laughs> agent. So then he's also kind of wrong with his perception yeah. of it's a. It, that's a really, really. I love that character, and then yeah. that character when he's crawling under there. That's what I love when he's crawling under, and and uh, and Mulder catches him and is like, "What are you doing under there?" And he's like, "I'm fixing the plumbing." And then when uh, Scully opens the door, she's like, "Oh, is he still fixing the plumbing?" <laughs> yeah, it was great. So great. So funny. A lot of really funny lines in this episode. It's a lot very funny of really. Episode. Yeah, a lot of really funny lines in this episode. Another mouthpiece of the show. So he's one of the mouthpieces of the thesis of mm -hmm. the episode. And uh, Jim Rose, the character he plays, Professor Blockhead or whatever his name is, Doctor Blockhead. He says. He doesn't have a real doctorate. That's yeah. one line that Mulder says, so matter of fact. So funny. I noticed watching this episode, 
how good these guys have gotten at playing these characters mm-hmm. and how nuanced their performances are. There's another line that Scully says about Mulder that's really, really funny. Um, I'll, I'll find it in a second. I'm just going to hum the Jeopardy theme while you do. Yeah, do it. Um, oh, what, he sa- what she says to him, do you know what Barnum says about suckers? Uh, you remember that? Uh-huh. She says it in such a... Her performance is so good when yeah. she says that because they have like this playful thing going and it's just just very nuanced. And th- this really highlights this episode. This uh, And I feel like this episode hit at, at the exact correct time. What year did this come out? 95. Yeah, so this came out when Jim Rose was like a huge thing. I clipped out of Time Magazine, my parents' Time Magazine, a thing about the Jim Rose Circus in 1995 after I saw them open up for Nine Inch Nails. And I just to show my parents, I was like, this is legitimate. This is like a real thing. <laughs> so stupid. And then that gave rise to a lot of other freak show circuses that would tour. There's a really popular one that I saw a couple times called the Bendelstiff Family Circus. And Bendelstiffs are the things that hobos like throw Oh, yeah, Bendelstiff. Yeah. That's um, right. Also, these are basically people who ran away who are out outsiders yeah. who are now like yeah it was like a touring bunch of like freak shows and, yeah. and geeks and people who had blockheads and stuff like that and uh there was one guy that his freak was that he was a, a drag queen hilariously in the bendel stuff circus really uh and he his name's scotty the blue bunny and he's still around he's like a club fixture oh wow yeah um so this episode there's a lot of great imagery too i'm <laughs> just gonna you know <laughs> let's just start at the beginning i thought that um w- when scully looks at the picture of Mulder, one of them says, "Look, they look at the picture of the alligator man. I think it's Scully, and she says, imagine going through your whole life looking like that. And then that same line Jim Rose says at the end about Mulder, like, imagine going through your whole life looking like that. And what like a great that. shot of Mulder. In <laughs> Just looking like, <laughs> like a super... Like a dumb superhero. Yeah, like a dumb superhero. <laughs> one foot up on the step. You look like it's, Cap... What's his, that Brannigan? That's yeah. what it reminded me of in that moment. It's so interesting because he... That's, you know, and Jim Rose's final monologue, we'll talk about it more mm-hmm. when we get to it, but he has this great monologue about how... Well, I don't want to... Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but it's again, it's about perception. Like, for from Mulder's perspective... This guy's a freak and weird looking, but from the freak's perspective, Mulder is completely boring and there's nothing interesting about him. Yeah. I thought uh, the scene where they have the funeral um, and it's a very normal looking funeral and then they pan out and you see that the picture is the alligator guy smiling and it, it's such a great... like. It looked like a Sears portrait. It looks like a Sears portrait yeah. of this guy who has this very... Very intense skin condition, and he looks, you know. And his wife, and just for a second, they showed her bearded man, bearded woman, bearded woman, yeah, yeah. A bearded man is not a <laughs> freak. <show laughs> that's just L.A. Yeah, that's like the terrible, <laughs> yeah, or any city. We have a bearded man here. Yeah, um, but they, uh, they interestingly, they made very normal-looking kids, like very average-looking children. Yeah, Not and weird. I think, I mean, part of that again is in the beginning. It has to play to the. That it ha- you have to sell that these normal kids are in danger. Yeah. Look at how normal and cute yeah. they are. And then you find out that those kids are okay with their parents being these super weird guys. But I thought that the contrast between the very normal setting until it pulls out and you see the sh- the priest is doing stuff with his feet and you know there's like the the the, f- the freaks are around. It was such a normal you know funeral scene, and then this picture just. The contrast between that was so cool, yeah, it was really so well done. interesting, and done in a way that doesn't wasn't like um, exploiting weirdos. Like it was really like respectful and lovely. Like it was great. It just was really well done. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was that's the thing about like Aaron Morgan. All of his episodes, not all, not only are all of them fantastic, they all have a very strong theme. Mm-hmm. They all, and this one, you know, has a has a lot of stuff going on, and it's his first one. Um, 
Mulder has a really funny line when you know the Jim Rose guy bursts out and calls himself and everyone runs away or runs behind and Mulder goes uh, can't wait for the wake it's a really funny line there's a lot of really funny lines and then there's a, that, that exchange where um, Scully is kind of being an asshole where the, you know the sheriff's like it's what inside that counts these guys are normal and she's like well if you consider them normal then they could be su- suspects too which is I guess a pretty good point it's a fine point but they sometimes they'll use Scully to a point of like well but that's not how these people behave like she goes sometimes overboard her character is written to go a little overboard further than I would think the character would be questioning uh like she just seems a little uh, straight laced, too straight laced for her actual character. But I could see someone like that. She's pretty straight laced, and if I can, if I am someone who could f- be like sort of turned off, unfortunately, at some point in my life by this, I could also see Scully being turned off yeah, at some point, that's true. unfortunately. I, by th- this. I was like, I that sheriff is so accepting, and then later you find out the sheriff is also. Well, weirdo. he was the dog face boy, yeah. and it's really interesting. Again, it's Mulder and Scully just sort of assume, well, because he's one of the freaks too. Maybe he's guilty, and then they see him like putting something in the ground, and then they go and get him. And uh, again, that he plays it so cool too. He's I so been cool. More and yeah. Mulder says, "We're exhuming your potato." <laughs> it's such a funny line. And uh, again, just because he's a freak, these or guys was a freak. Are, was a freak. That's the whole thing. Is he still considered a freak if he shaves all of his body hair off? No, I he would doesn't say shave it off. It falls off. Well, regardless, he yeah. no longer looks like the dog face boy. Yeah. Is he still a freak? Well, he's still a weirdo. Exactly. Yeah. The weirdness was inside. The, the weirdness whole time. is inside. That's what's good. They, they had the uh, where they talk to Hepcat Carnival Funhouse and like they're not. They don't have fun, and he calls it the Tabernacle of Terror. Yeah, that was a really fun thing. It's yeah. not a funhouse. It's a Tabernacle of Terror, and then ob- obviously the episode ends in the Tabernacle of Terror, which I didn't even consider would happen. Uh, but it was like such a great like payoff. Yeah, although it was not very terrifying, that Tabernacle. No, I, I mean, that's sort of part of the yeah. thing. That guy's like all over the top and crazy. Yeah. Um, do you recall what Barnum said about suckers is what Scully says about uh, Mulder? Um, Vincent Chiavelli, late, oh. great Vincent Chiavelli. He has his get one of his... Get off my train. Get off my train. Sorry, continue. He's, the, yes. He's that guy. He had Marfan syndrome. He had Marfan syndrome, just like President Abraham Lincoln. Uh what is Marfan syndrome? Marfan syndrome is a uh, syndrome that uh, makes you, uh, you are oversized and you have kind of a yeah, you hooded have like eyes of, yeah. and uh, like usually kind of a longer face. It's it mainly. But what is it? I don't actually know. I don't. I think it may also have some physical, like some stomach stuff that goes with it, but I don't. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I'll look um, it up. But I, from what I understood, it mainly affects your appearance more than anything else. Well, it seems like it affected more because uh, poor Vincent Chiavelli. Um, oh, the genetic disorder that uh, affects the body's connective tissue. Well, that's one of those weird ones that like could anything could go wrong in your body. Yeah, and you could be like, oh, it's because he was syndrome. pretty young when he passed away. So is Abraham um, Lincoln. <laughs> often leads to a, excuse me. Uh, I said so is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if his was Marfan syndrome. Emily. Marfan syndrome by gun. <laughs> it says the most serious complications are of defects of the heart valves and aorta Aww. and uh, massive holes appearing in the back of your head for no reason. Are you? No, oh, sorry. <laughs> Come on, Emily. <laughs> it affects the lungs. It's a uh, genetic disorder. Uh, some people have it, you know, mild, severe. It's not like yeah. a on-off switch. Some what people a great actor, more. though. What he was so great, and yeah. he has a great line. I thought this line was so funny where he's he's talking about, like, how the, the uh, Mr. Nut 
Twin Peaks guy mm-hmm. basically told him to like have dignity so now he carries other people's suitcases yeah. that was really funny that and then he says life. I believe these are your trailers if they are not then I am wrong <laughs> that's such a great line yeah. that's one of those like fucking perfect little lines he's got a great amount of everything he's in he carries himself with so much dignity yeah like in a, a very weird he dignity. has like a wounded dignity yeah yeah you don't want to fuck with him do you know what i mean and i looked up screaming jay hawkins because you told me that he, that's we the talked guy. about screaming jay hawkins for a while yeah they're we watched a bunch we listened yeah. to a bunch of songs again that's somebody i would have hated i would have hated such a badass he's so weird that guy was such a fucking badass i love him i love that he was a black man in the like 50s and 60s who would play with a bone through his nose yeah crazy just turning all the racism on its ear and he had an amazing voice we found out one weird thing about screaming jay hawkins his version of i put a spell on you which is one of the sexiest coolest is that the song that's no it's not the song it's a different song but it's awesome yeah it's the one that um hepcat is listening to when he does Uh, i put a spell on you the actual released version they were all so drunk th- when they oh, recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. it. Oh yeah, yeah, we looked that up. That they didn't. Screaming Jay Hawkins did not even remember what he did. He had to go back and listen to the track to and know what memorize he did. it to be able to have the song. There was so much passion in that version of that song. It oh, it they impregnates take, me. They had to take uh, yeah, they had to take grunts out for the uh, radio version. So bad. It was too sexual. Oh, love um, it. In this one, I also think the monster unquote Vincent Chiavelli's twin. Which, by the way, I kind of called that from the beginning. Yes, you did, but I you did. have seen the episode. Before. It turns out, I I think this may be one of the episodes I saw when I was in high school. Yeah. Just because I love Jim Rose Side Circus. Side yeah, the way you see the, the monster through the mirror, and I use quotes around the monster because you find out that it's just trying to find another home. He just doesn't like his brother. And you had this theory, because mm-hmm. there's a, Vincent Chiavelli has a great little monologue at the end where mm-hmm. he's like, it, it feels, it's, it's a horrible thing to not be wanted. What does he say? I have it. It hurts. So, not yeah. to be wanted yeah which is such a great it's line and like that's fucking host. my entire high school experience <laughs> it hurts not to be wanted <laughs> yeah it's okay i'm fine now <laughs> it makes you the person you are you know yeah. to wish that it hadn't happened is to wish you were a different person so uh but your <laughs> theory was that maybe because vincent chivelli again he dies of cirrhosis of the liver very normal yeah, he needed a healthier host the he needed little a brother healthier needed, host yeah so he was just trying to find a new home he wasn't trying to kill anyone yeah, he wasn't trying to hurt anybody he just yeah. he was trying to attach himself to other people yeah they didn't like it so much yeah they deaded it they yeah yeah they deaded it um they uh i did think it was weird where through the little door they keep saying it, it have to be a contortionist they didn't consider that it could be someone who's um, a small person, very a small. little person, a or small. a little, little, little person, little monster thing. Oh, uh, come on, Kumail. No, symbiotic twin. Not a symbiotic twin. I'm sorry. It, it's it's actually true that I actually felt bad calling it a monster, <laughs> even though it's like a f- fictional character. I mean, it's like a fucking basket case ass thing. Yeah, you know? it's like Belial. Yeah. Um, there was he. They uh, when they, they when they talk to Jim Rose, they say that you're one of those people whose nerve endings don't work. This this is interesting. There was an Indian family that had this disease yeah. where their none of the nerve endings worked, so they couldn't feel pain. So they would make money, like basically cutting fingers off and like doing these weird shows, but they would hurt themselves. And um, the one doctor went and studied them, and then he went back at ten years later, to, and it turned out that the kid that he like died because he jumped off a building yeah. to like prove that he could kind fucking do anything sense. you're not invincible you just can't feel the pain no it's a thing. horrible curse yeah, it's not good but he does feel pain and you also find out that he is kind of a humbug he's a huckster because he his uh, spikes are 
rubbery. Yeah. Jim Rose's spikes are rubbery. Yeah. Although I bet that hurt Jim Rose, the man, oh. to do that, to be like, I'm, this is, I'm for real. He's pretty good in this episode. Yeah. He, he, as an actor, he was always, he was like the host of the Jim Rose Circus and was very, like, charismatic. Uh, let me just say this real quick, because we don't know necessarily that, they never said in the episode that the nails were rubber. Apparently, it just doesn't hurt to lay down on a bed of nails. Like, it just is not that painful because you're spread out. Your entire body is spread out. Is that what you think it is? There's another great moment there when he, cause mm. he's got the clips and he's going to be suspended by mm -hmm. them. Which, flesh hooks. Yeah, flesh hooks. And then when the sheriff catches him and just tugs at him a little and he's like, ow! <laughs> <It's so laughs> that gross. was a really funny Yeah, I have a friend who moment. has a flesh hook hanging business in North Carolina. So, hey, North Carolina, if you're out there and you're interested in trying this, uh, try, uh, I think it's called Hold Fast. Hold fast, I think it's called. Oh, it sounds religious. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's supposed to be a religious experience. Okay, great. Kind of. Um, they, uh, when he talks about how he trained with Fakirs, <laughs> the way he pronounces them was so wrong. I was like, how could you train with them and not know how to pronounce it? And then it turns out later that he had been sort of lying about that, yeah. right? That yeah. he's sort of a scam artist. Can I tell a quick flesh hook story? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I went uh, to... A flesh hook story? It's a very brief story. Okay. I went to, with my best friend in North Carolina, to a freak show uh, event in North Carolina, which was few and far between, just not a big demand for such things. And uh, while we were sitting there waiting for the show to start, part of the ambiance of the show is that they had a bunch of kids who were doing, who were hanging by flesh hooks all around the room. Yeah. And uh, hey, Matt Myra. No, no, no. I'm looking up something <laughs> for this. Yeah. Uh, and they had kids who were hanging up all over the room. And there was this young kid who was wearing, like, track pants and no shirt who just was like, hey, how you guys doing? We're like, we're, we're fine. And he's Why like, he there? I'm going to be hanging right here. And just, like, right next to our table was suspended, like, a foot off the ground. And we just had to be like, uh, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you got any hobbies? <laughs> what are you, uh... Well, you had to talk to him? Well, we didn't have to, but he's just like literally right there going through a pretty painful experience uh, right next to us. And so we ended up is kind of painful? chatting him up. It is at first, and then it's not. Why does he like it? Did he tell Great you? Great question. No, we didn't ask him that. It's That's kind of a... That'd be a nerdy question, like a dorky, obvious question to ask. Yeah, but kids. it would be the most interesting thing you could talk to this guy about. I think uh, it's it would be like asking a comedian, where do you get your ideas for jokes? Do you know what I mean? You know how you hate being asked that? I think they would probably hate being asked that, too. No. I'm making assumptions here. Who knows? But I did not ask him either way. Uh, the idea, I think, is that it's incredibly painful, and then the pain is so intense that you kind of leave your body, and it's supposed to be a very otherworldly kind of experience. The first time I knew of that was in D. Snyder's Strangeland. What a weird movie that was. I, I didn't like it. Captain Howdy, they were trying. He was D. Snyder from yes, Twisted Twist Sister, Sister, was trying to start another horror franchise. And he's he like suspends himself uh, from hooks and now stuff. No, you didn't like that movie. Do you think it's because it was weird? You didn't like it, or you think you just didn't like it? Well, I mean, I always did like horror movies. Yeah. So I, I didn't love that movie. Myself. I didn't like how violent it was. Yeah. The violence of like him getting a capturing a girl and just being like physically violent to and her. The cover of the movie is a woman with her lips sewn together. Yeah, yeah that's no good. Things. And then um, the cell. I saw that in the cell. Which is a movie that we watched recently. Just recently, yeah. Parts of it again. I think totally underrated. Very so watchable. Good. Not a, maybe the story, not the most coherent thing, but gorgeous to it's look gorgeous at. It's gorgeous and Donofrio is fucking amazing in so it. So is J-Lo. <laughs> and she looks hot. I could go with goth J-Lo forever when she's like at the end when she's all like. She's never not looked hot. I'm not saying she hasn't, but I like her in like a dark lipstick. She woke up like this. <laughs> 
Uh, Dr. Blockhead says about the, the conundrum, it's a pretty funny line where he says, he eats anything, live animals, dead animals, rocks, light bulbs, corkscrews, battery cables, cranberries. <laughs> that's that a really, that was a good that's line. a really great line. <laughs> uh, Mulder's line, everyone's uncle is an amateur magician is really good. Yeah. I thought that was a fantastic line. Yeah. I laugh really hard at that. Um, when she goes to that freak, uh, the, the, the freak museum thing, and it says freaks free one others please donate i thought that was cool it's like listen we look out for her around yeah then there's a great little thing where he's like you have to promise me two things you won't tell anyone what's in there and an extra five dollars and it's just a scam yep it's so funny it is really and by the way you're uh glassing over the uh the cricket eating scene uh yeah she it. actually ate that cricket the actress not the character no and the character doesn't eat it that's not right that is that scene that yeah. everybody's uncle there's an amateur magician scene. Um, and there's footage online you could see behind the scene of she eats it and she goes off camera all badass and then spits it out and uh, everyone like applauds and yeah. cheers. And you said that you really like that move, her eating it. It's a badass move. To yeah, be, just yeah. be like, yeah, you're not that amazing. Anybody yeah. could do this. It I just takes this, will. Yeah. I have the will. Because for a lot of this stuff, it is just a matter of how much will you have and not like – and I mean, this is a little bit about Jim Rose's final monologue, but like I would write papers in college about like the like spiritual nature of like body modification. Uh, some of it, for me at least, was bullshit. Like I was just uh, trying to like I was trying to form a thesis around the fact that I thought it looked cool. I thought it was a cool like piercings and, and stuff were a cool signal to other people of who you were. I thought it was a cool choice, but not necessarily like a spiritual thing no but it can be i mean it's like you know your body is the one thing that you sort of have the least control over you yeah. have the one you have so maybe if you can remake it to be and obviously people have body dysmorphia and yeah. you know things can get weird with that but things can get weird things can get weird with that but i think you know if you're modifying your body again i used to think piercings and tattoos were weird and it, it i really really hated it and now i'm like well whatever you know brings you happiness and makes you feel yeah like you belong, it's a makes matter you feel of more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, just do it. <laughs> um, that guy looked awesome. The guy who was the, the curator of that museum, who had half the, the, half the, yeah. the face, and the way they show in, th in the mirrors, that it's really, really cool. Because cool. yeah. there's the, in one mirror it looks completely normal, and in the other mirror is just uh, mirror is just like the deformity on his face. Uh, it's a really cool shot. One looks normal. It had to be such a tough thing to kind of figure out as a oh, director. It's it's brilliant. There's a lot of like mirrors in this episode mm -hmm. too, which yeah. obviously makes sense. Like how you see yourself, how other people see you. Uh, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Do people w listen to these podcasts after they see the episode or before? I think after. Okay. Just curious. Yeah. I'm. That's I've all. always said like watch, watch the it, episode yeah. and then listen to it right afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um. I thought, oh, he does not hold a doctor. That's a good line. Oh, yeah, Jim, Sheriff Hamilton was Jim Jim the dog face boy. Jim Jim. Which is a great name, Jim yeah. Jim the dog face boy. Um, it's like assuming guilt based solely on skin color, isn't it? That's kind of what they talk about it. They're like, yeah. they, what we're doing is weird, right? And then they continue digging. <laughs> He's like, we're exhuming your potato. That's a really funny, funny line. And um, what was it he was trying to get rid of with the potato? Warts, warts or something right, yeah uh and then sheriff has a uh, they have this long exchange and then the sheriff's like the investigation isn't going too well is it <laughs> yeah he plays it so cool in a way where he could have been super angry and super like and justifiably angry but instead he's like i get it it's i mean i understand that this you don't understand this world so you're just doing whatever you can because this shit's not going well for you right yeah he could have yeah. gone a couple different ways with that so I, I liked how he handled that there's a great moment with the conundrum who uh is sort of stalking around you think he's going to do something evil but you see he's just bringing the rent check to mr nut yeah 
That's that, again. That's a great like to the mundane and the extraordinary. You know the uh, yeah. contrast is shown there. It's really really cool. Um, he has another great line. Jim Rohn has another great line. If people knew the true price of spirituality, there'd be more atheists. <laughs> There's a lot of great lines. Great line. I won't J say a word till I talk to my lawyer. Who's your lawyer? I represent myself. <laughs> this is like a fun cornball dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and then uh, we looked him up. And last year, he started an organization to help save people from con artists. Like, Very cool. educate people about con artists. Here's interesting. I, I, I was going to... Gibsonton, Florida, mm. is a real town where actual... Uh, in the winter, freak show people go and live there. This is based in a real town. Why are we not going there? This is there? a real town. Well, it's a South Show wintering town. This is from... Um, this is from Wikipedia, where various people in the carnival and circus business world would spend the off-season, because uh, it was in, in Florida. It's home to Priscilla. It was home to Priscilla the Monkey Girl, the Anatomical Wonder, Lobster Boy, Siamese twin sisters ran a fruit stand there. It was the only post office with a counter for dwarves. Um, yeah. Uh, and they have unique circus zoning laws, so you can keep elephants in your front lawns. This sounds like a dream. How to go there without seeming like you're ex trying to well, like be like exploiting, exploiting tourists? This know? is what's a bummer is at the end of this episode, he talks about how, you know, like genetic engineering and stuff is making things so that the weirdos are sort of getting squeezed out. And that's one of the, that's one of the big themes of the X-Files is because of, you know, modernity and technology, these weird little towns. Modernity? Where, yeah, it's yeah, a great so, word. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. These these weird little towns, the weirdness is being stamped out, and everything is getting homogenized. Corporate. Well, uh, but are yes. Are you just gonna make fun of me? No, no, no. I mean, I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. But also, yes. Corporate. Yes. Everything. We've driven cross country, and you see that every strip mall has the exact same stores in it. You know, and so. Uh, and he sort of gives a speech about how Gibsonton's going to die. And then on Darren Mooney's blog, who's movie blog, which is a great website, I've quoted him many times, he found this article in the Tampa Tribune. And it's an article from 2009 about Gibsonton, how, like, it's it says okay? other freaks aren't stepping up to take their places. Political correctness teaches it's not nice to stare. And besides, you can see the world's largest man in a family of doors on cable TV. For someone covered in tattoos or piercings, go to the mall. Better prenatal care, genetic counseling, corrective surgeries, and... I don't know what this word is, have contributed to the decline. Basically, they said that there aren't any more freaks left to in that town. It's just becoming another normal, boring, average, regular town, Gibson, mm. Florida. Bummer. So what Jim Rose predicts at the end of this episode is actually it's happening. happening. Yeah, right now. but that's one of the themes of this episode. Um, that Another thing Darren Mooney says that we've sort of talked about, he says, to be fair, it's a problem that comes with the territory. As a show that trades in horror tropes, the X-Files is inevitably going to portray deviations from the norm as monstrous. Still, there's a rather unfortunate subtext to all this. Mulder and Scully can occasionally seem like they exist to protect the normal from the abnormal. The fact that Mulder and Scully are both very beautiful people in the conventional sense only reinforces this sense. Absolutely. And it really does do that. There's a line that he found, I think, Darren Mooney, uh, David Duchovny said, what I loved about Darren Morgan's scripts was that he seemed to be trying to destroy the show. <laughs> Which you really do get that sense in yeah. this. Like everything, like Mulder and Scully are wrong. They're kind of assholes. They're the weirdos yeah. in this. They're the ones who are, you know, sort of uh, bigoted towards yeah. these people. Yeah. Although if the show was reality, there's no way that they would be that attractive. So no. we have that going for us. <laughs> uh, this is a book by Wilcox and Williams that's about the X-Files. They say... Uh, um, 
that scene where Lanny, who's Vincent Chiavelli, goes to wake Scully, and the, she looks at his brother, and he looks at her breasts. What an interesting moment yeah, that was. Yeah, he says, each gaze involves the objectification of difference. This objectification is emphasized by the fact that Scully's body is not normally revealed in this Never way. Never revealed. So it's basically about that. You're, like, object objectifying the other people based on, like, physical Yeah. Qualities. And it was such a nice moment when they both kind of realize and cover themselves. Uh, yeah. Although both of them should be allowed to have that shit uncovered. Great. Um, well, who says this line? Oh, the, uh, quizzing me. He's what merely you got? no, no, no. He's merely seeking another brother. That's a good line. And then Vincent Chevalier is a great monologue. It hurts. It hurts not to be wanted. I don't know why he hates me. So I've taken care of him all of our lives. Maybe that is the reason why. Hmm. Um, I think it's more the, the cirrhosis of the liver, though. I've, yes. Yeah. Maybe that. That's a good interpretation that I didn't get. Um. I don't know who says this line, but long enough to understand that you cannot change the way you were born. Like that's a really, yeah, that's a really cool line. It's a very like moving episode. Um, I wrote this down. Twenty first century genetics will take out the weirdos. That's what X Files is about: weirdness in small towns being stamped out by modernity. Weird shit in small towns can't live anymore. Ho home is like a really great example of that globalization. You oh know. Oh my god! When are you? What what season is home? Season four. Oh, girl. Yeah, that's gonna girl. Be a, that's going to be a cavalcade of stars. Um, so <laughs> that's a great episode. Yes, uh, this was nominated for an Edgar Award for Best Episode in a Television Series and a Cinema Audio Society Award for Outstanding Achievement in Sound Mixing for a Series. So um, do you have anything else to say about this episode? I feel like we've... No, I feel like we've kind of covered it. It's It was a really great episode, and uh, it was nice to see Jim Rose Circus again. Yeah. I missed that time of, like me trying to explain to my parents why this was so cool and like yeah. it, it not really making sense as a teenager but yeah i was really into like i was into the otherness of all of it i was i wish i'd been born that special you almost fetishized it too to a way big too degree. much absolutely way too much yeah more than it should have been like i went i went to a degree that was like these people were the coolest and yeah i wish i no it's fine I it's okay to not be completely like completely the opposite and now mm. we've met in the middle right absolutely in the yeah middle. <laughs> yeah very true um, so, uh, usually I read message board posts a few weeks ago. Um, there were a couple episodes, but for some reason there weren't any message board posts. And that's what's happening right now again. For some reason... I don't know what to blame, but I want to blame somebody. They're gone. I don't know why. So Something, what I found... Well, let's get deep. So what I found was, mm. um, one person, the only thing I f was able to find was one person trying to get episodes, specific episodes that they'd missed on VHS. And I just loved how they described them because people didn't know the names of the episodes back then, which is interesting. Ooh, how did they describe this one? So, it, well, not this one. I ju I'm just going to oh, read okay. like the, all the episodes they want because I thought it was funny. Scully gets abducted by aliens. Oh, okay. The rowboat one. <laughs> Scully gets kidnapped by serial killer because he likes her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know these episodes? Which yes. ones they are? Okay. Yes. Very first episode. The one with the things in the sewer. The I know all of the these. Sewer. Yeah, that's like we have an action figure. I I want to thank the person that sent us. Fluke sent man. Fluke man from the host. It's fucking awesome. We yeah. just put it up. We just put him up. Yep. Um, uh, I just really thought fun. that was fun. Yeah. I love and it, I will say one thing about X Files. They did not name their episodes in a way to make you be like, oh yes, that's the one. Like they're not the most accessible titles for episodes. Yeah. They're cool names, but they're no, not most accessible. They're you know? cool names. A lot of them are like German or Latin or just uh, they're they're fun weird names. It's the same naming scheme that then 
um, was used in Breaking Bad by Vince Gilligan. I prefer for the show that we did for Comedy Central, The Meltdown with Joan and Camille. The one with the We took the Friends uh, way of naming episodes, and all of them are called The One With. Yeah. Which is maybe, honestly, to me, one of the coolest things about Friends is the way they name their episodes. Is this a Friends podcast? Yes. Just talk about Friends? (laughs) So this is... the. Uh, this is the f- most I've ever liked this episode. Great. And it was because you sort of learn to embrace your own weirdness and then you sort of find a way to belong. And then you, I think, you know, just becoming more comfortable with yourself makes you be more comfortable with other kinds of people, I think. Right? Yeah. Have you have we talked about the. Uh the steps of coming out on this on this show. No. I know I feel like I talk about it a lot, but like to me, I always think about for anything. There's the pride phase where all you want to do is like fly. First off, you're upset and you want to hide it. Yeah. And then you have to kind of deal with the fact that maybe this is who you yeah. are. And then you have the pride phase where you're like, fuck yeah, I'm gay. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And then you have the assimilation phase where it's like just part of who you are, but it's not part of who you are. And I think that's thing. when when you're most comfortable with with yourself is when you're most comfortable with that people. I think a lot of like bigotry and stuff obviously comes from people who aren't comfortable in their own skin and aren't, mm-hmm. you know, or comes from insecurity and and, and stuff just like aren't that. around yeah. other people of other types. And it's a very profound and beautiful thing for a sci-fi television show to comment on in such a nuanced way such a great episode i almost up i give it an a i almost got like i got like really emotional watching this episode and then talking to you about it later yeah really great episode the next one the kalusari although i think they call it call it kalushari so the kalisi kalushari (laughs) directed by mike vehar written by sarah charno who also did aubrey that's the only other one she did okay even in aubrey so in this one this is the one where it's like a I like the cold open. Yeah. There's a little kid that dies. You never see that. That kid. By the way, all it takes to have a little kid actor look creepy is for him to stare into the camera and maybe raise one eyebrow. And I'm fucking done. Or also be okay with your little brother being killed by a train. Well, no, I'm just saying as an actor, yeah. all little kids really need to do be, to be scary is to look into the camera and not blink or smile. Yeah. That's it. That's all they need to do. Yeah. Well, because kids are inherently creepy because they don't have the same moral sense as you do yet. Is that what, is that what it is? I think... I think kids are kind of little sociopaths, right? Until they're not. Well, they're just little ids. They're, yeah. It's just all id. There's no ego, right. no super ego yet. So they're yeah. just like, I'm going to shit my pants and then tell you I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to wear a Batman outfit to my grandfather's funeral. Yeah. Yeah. I was in New York uh, when we lived in New York and there was little, I saw like a three-year-old on the subway just rolling around on the ground and then going around and touching everyone's knees. And I was like, I want to do all of this. <laughs> I just know better. Yeah. And it's clearly the mom or the dad had given up. Like, it was like, well, yeah. we can't. Yeah. I mean, go just do whatever. Just let him touch you... your knee. It's yeah. fine. He'll be done in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, now the script for the Kalusari was inspired by Charno's experience as a doctor of Eastern medicine. Take from that what you will. I will. Take from that That's why what the, you the will. The xenophobia in this episode is a little... It's is it weird to you? Did you is that something well, that really I, jumped out at you? Because there's a, a a bunch of Romanian immigrants. Yes. And then they Kalosari is actually the group of the the elders or whatever yes. that are trying to exercise. I this always thing. think it's interesting in any TV or movie, TV show or movie, when they people are speaking another language other than English and it's not subtitled because we're supposed to think that they're. Yeah, and I even put the disc in because yeah. usually, uh, you know, Netflix hasn't been doing subtitles for some reason, and even on the disc, it's not. Yeah, subtitled. we're supposed to think that it's scary and other and weird. Well, and the weird thing is, the grandmother is right. The kid is possessed, or you know, by his unborn twin or dead twin or whatever but 
the grandmother kind of sucks. Like she says, she says, uh, you marry the devil, you'll have a devil kid. Like that's horrible. And she didn't have a devil kid. That kid, Charlie, the main kid is fine. Yeah. I don't get the powers of the kid. Can the other kid just materialize sometimes? I'm a little confused about it too. Or just... Um, does he take over his Does he body? take over him? And then somehow it seems like he got stronger to where he could actually manifest himself as another child entirely. Well, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes yeah. he could manifest himself and sometimes he was just, it seemed like, take over. The thing with the balloon in the very beginning, they were like, oh, it, you can see the energy or whatever. So the, the invisible dead brother <laughs> was dragging the balloon. And then Maybe. at that point... Is he acting on Charlie's whims, or does he also That's want the, the little thing, brother to be dead? Because then later Charlie seems to be really upset when his dad is being killed and stuff. But at that moment, it seems like that's what Charlie wants. Yeah, because the eyebrow was raised. Because the eyebrow is yeah, raised. Yeah, I think the bigger thing for this episode that they were trying to focus on is that we thought that the the group of of uh, Romanian elders was evil. Or did you? I didn't. I d- of course I did. I thought. Okay. I thought that was like the point of the episode because if the kids' powers don't make a ton of sense, it's that sometimes you need to go back to like, you. Sometimes it's not about like, you don't have to understand it. You just have to know that that's gonna work. Like David Duchovny did not necessarily understand what was happening yeah. with the Romanian. Oh elders. yeah, they they. He, he just he, was like, I know this. I'll is trust gonna, you guys. Yeah. Um, Mulder and Scully barely do anything in this episode. They do nothing. They, they do just nothing. witness. And then, like, the weird social worker that comes. <laughs> she's so terrible. I love the part where she's like, oh, I don't know what's happening. Uh, he's upstairs, and uh, there's dead chickens. And, <laughs> and then they hear a scream, and she's like, I guess we should hurry. The, like, it's such a... The grandmother, get, Golda, is her name. Yeah. Horrible person, Golda, gets murdered by chickens. Is that right? <laughs> is that what happens? <laughs> right? A terrible way for the dad to go, too, in that. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris Carter, I read, and Chris Carter wanted that image, and that's how they built the episode around okay, it. Like, when cool. we had, when I had Glenn Morgan on, he talks about how the handy for last is the name of an episode. Oh, okay. Um, I just got called out for the pronunciation of it a lot, and I just... How dare you? Um, DHVD. Uh, <laughs> they just wanted to have a snake eat a guy. Yeah. And like, they wrote an episode it around it. Here he wanted someone to g- get hanged by his tie in the garage door opener. By the way, and so that, that happened, and that was a pretty fucked up looking thing. And the kid clearly didn't want that to happen because he was crying and screaming. Right, but then happen. he did want his brother to die. It's all muddled. Yeah. But uh, And then Duchovny just so bravely sticking his head in the exact same place. Yeah. A couple scenes later, also wearing a tie. What are you doing? Don't get do out it. of there. Well, but now the you know the threat is gone. So he basi- didn't know that. Basically, the evil monster is the dead twin brother, and in Romanian culture, you have to split the soul so that one can leave. But they never did that, so the soul is still attached to the first kid, and yes. it's like fucking things up. That basically is what I understood. But I it. did for the for the first part of the episode, I thought it was the grandmother, and it, they also bring in, by the way. Munchausen by proxy, which is one of my favorite things. That's to an talk interesting about. one. Tell us what that is. Munchausen by proxy is uh, where a parent or a caregiver will uh, make a child that there is in their care sick. Slowly poison them. S- well, in various ways, so that uh, they can then get the sympathy for being such a good caretaker. It's featured very heavily in a sequence in uh, Sixth Sense, and Absolutely. that's the first time I heard of it. There's all. What's the other one where you make yourself sick to get sympathy? That's just Munchausen. That's just Munchausen. Yeah. yeah. So that's why it's Munchausen by proxy. You're making someone. By else the sick. way. I thought, great theory by Scully. That was a very solid theory. Absolutely solid. Yeah. Um, because it is weird that they, the dad kept saying that uh, it was when the grandmother showed up that the problem started. But that can't be true because it's a dead twin. Yeah. It's a little Exactly. Yeah. yeah I, I, exactly. I, I thought of that exact same thing. Uh, they had the, the 
Chuck, the king of digital imaging guy, <laughs> but is also weirdly into paranormal stuff. And by the way, what's that guy's deal? Everything he was doing for the photographs was just Instagram filters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. When he's changing the things, you were like, like, Instagram filters. They always do that, like, enhance. And then it's like, you just put an Instagram filter on. Oh, is that is that toast? Looks great. Yeah. I can see <laughs> toast a is in there. good. <laughs> um, the, Scully has a good line where uh, Mulder, first of all, I think, like, a balloon floating to me is the saddest and scariest thing because it's a whole story. There's some kid somewhere who's sad because the yeah. balloon is gone. It looks beautiful. It's a beautiful image. You just see an empty balloon flying and it like fills in a whole story for you. Yeah. So I thought the opening end with the balloon coming down was cool. Very creepy. But when Mulder says, it's a helium balloon, it should go up. I learned that in school. And Scully goes, did you learn about wind in kindergarten? <laughs> that was really funny. It was. I like that. She's a sassy pants. She was a sassy Oh, can we talk about it? Can we do it? Do a Scully fashion corner. Oof. <laughs> well, she just did the Julian Anderson just did the Reddit AMA where she said she wanted to do this podcast. Anyway, uh, I've talked about it. I don't need to mention it. I don't need to mention it every day of my what, life. What, I can no. just think about it and not verbalize it. But you do mention it every day of our lives together. I mean, I mean it just happened. It just happened. It just happened. She uh, said they said, What would you change about the X Files? And she said, My hair and clothes, season one and season two. Jesus Christ, you guys. Just the most. Well, there's one here with the, you pointed it out. It was like, What the color is so I gross. I can't even figure out what that color would be. It it's looks the like color of Bagel's puke. Our, ca our cat's vomit. That's exactly. It's like a khaki, but somehow yellow. It's and like a dirty colored. yellow khaki long. And thing. she wears these suits. That listen, I was around in the '90s. Nobody, it's a horrible way to dress. Loose palazzo pants style, uh, very sensible. What palazzo heel. pants? Don't worry, the ladies are like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then a long jacket that somehow is like trench coat length, but but like that's your suit jacket. And can we please throw a trench coat on top of that? So we have two really loose gar loose garments on your body, and you're very hot. On a beautiful woman, yeah. And it's not that she needs to dress sexy. I just wish it was a little more form fitting. Uh, she looks. I think they went. I think over overall they were like, we gotta fuck her up a little bit because she's too attractive. And we need to make her look. Very you think serious. so? I think. I think. Why would they? Because they those guys became sex symbols just like a couple seasons. Yeah, after but I this. think their characters. I think her character. I can't ever imagine Dana Scully wearing something sexy. I can. She's a businessy, and you can be sexy and businessy. Absolutely. You can be. You, and you can. Yeah, you can be businessy and have a good fashion but sense. She you don't have to wear bagels, puke colored clothes. She was not. She's. I never thought of her as being like that. She always put the job before anything else, and so all of her clothes were about function and not style. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so it was like a character thing. Yeah. Okay. But holy shit, hideous. Okay. Good All right. God. In this one, Mulder jumps to crazy shit immediately where he says some kind of poltergeist activity. And she says chance occurrence of light and shadow when they're looking at the electromagnetic mm -hmm. energy thing. Like he's always like going for the crazy thing. Here's the other. Oh, yeah. He, she says you marry your devil. You have devil child. Horrible. Golda. Nice Even and the, the name there. Also, do we need to bring the swastikas into it? Well, it's so funny because <laughs> Mulder shows it to her. Do you recognize this? And she's like, yeah, it's a swastika. Who the fuck doesn't know what a swastika is? He should have been like, hey, look what I found. Yeah. We don't need to be like, yeah. oh, that's a swastika. Every once in a while. The German, it was a... The dialogue will be slightly too obvious. Reverse swastika is a from Hinduism. It's an old one, and then Hitler took it. We from just need to retire that jersey. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's the number. It's the number twenty-three. It's Michael Jordan's jersey. Nothing should be using a swastika. I don't care. Yeah, but here oh, you I put think dots in it. Oh, cool. Well, but that's the original yeah. version of it. I think. But I feel like that was a red herring they were using. They're like, maybe just, these are Nazi ghosts. Oh, I, don't know. I just thought it was so weird where he was like, "Do you, do you recognize this? <laughs> no. What is it, Mulder?" What I'm is that? I'm an FBI that? agent. I'm an FBI and agent a and a human in this world. <laughs> I don't know. 
what that is. That was a really weird one. And, and also, did the dead kid control the train brakes also? Did he cut the train brakes on the... Well, that was funny you said, because the guy's trying to stop it. And he just mows over the kid and keeps going. (laughs) Never stops. Never stops. He just goes. All the toy train are, like, traumatized for life. And he's like, we're never getting off. Even if there's a ghost child, I don't think the ghost child would have the wherewithal to know how to (laughs) To cut cut the... Yeah. That train has become the snow piercer of toy trains. That is funny. (laughs) Never stops. Yeah. That is funny that there's a ghost child wants to do evil but doesn't quite know how to do it. He's like just a he's little a kid. He's a kid, so he's like trying to distract people with keys because yeah. that's what distracts yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Cause, and um, that's also weird. How does a ghost child keep aging? Wouldn't he just be a ghost infant? Well, but the, you could say that their souls are connected, so they're growing old. It, it's all there's muddled. A whole bunch and By the way, that exorcism scene, that kid, lo- they, when they changed his teeth up, he looked appropriately creepy. Are you talking about, oh, the yes. End, yeah. And then there's the part where they're doing it and in the smoke you see the kid. That oh, was goofy weird. as shit. That was a little goofy. Motherfuckers. But the, the actual exorcism, I thought the kid did a great job. That's a tough thing for a kid to do. And the changing out of his teeth really, really helped me to be like, oh, this isn't a kid anymore. This is like a fucked up demon thing. Yeah. Demon they, always be having bad teeth. They said that she'll call Charlie evil right to his face, but also dotes to his face. And I think... That's a weird... Well, because she likes the one kid, but doesn't like the other kid. Do so she doesn't want to get fucked. So the grandmother understood what was happening. Yes, the grandmother knew the whole time and was right. Yeah, she was right. And the Kalusari, that whole, the whole group of people, they were, all, they were all right. And they also said it like the grandmother was maybe afraid of the kid. Afraid of the kids, yeah. the, 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 the dead kid, not the main exactly. kid. So he lo- she loves the one kid, but hates the other kid. But the, you marry the devil, you're a devil child. That was just, he was just a nice just white, a dude. white dude. He was just a normal guy. Leave him alone. Uh, the Romanian mom, she seems happy. I, I did, I, I was making notes as I was watching it. I don't remember this episode. I said in the beginning that it was a good mystery because I didn't know if it was a evil kid or, yeah, I had no or idea whatever it is. It's some sort of demon devil thing. And then it doesn't really stick the landing because for all the reasons we've talked about. Yeah. I thought the music in this one was particularly good. Very creepy. Yeah, it was creepy. I actually really, even though I had problems with all of it, I liked the episode. I you did? I did. I, I give it I give it a B minus. Okay. Which is not bad. No, it's not. Because the other thing that doesn't really go anywhere that I think both Darren Mooney and uh, the AV Club review said is that they have that, you know, they find that dust where they say that it's no matter, it's nothing, but mm-hmm. it's actual dust, but we don't know what it is. Like, that doesn't really... Well, that was where the, the dead twin, before the dead twin became a person, that was where the dead twin was. And if you'll Vibuti. recall... Vibuti. Vibuti, it's what it's called. Yes, and if you'll recall, at the end, when the dead, the dead twin is holding the knife over Scully and then disappears, all that's left is that dust. Yeah. So that's like the, the dead kid's, like... Pixie dust. It's his nothing dust. It's his like Tinkerbell pixie dust. But I wanted to see something more about it. I oh, wanted sure. to understand it a bit more. He also says the Cain, Lucifer, Hitler, what? one boy or a million men. Wait, you remember that? Yeah, that was He's a weird. just talking about evil and how evil has all these different forms and it's the same thing and it's yeah. like a very uh this is something that Darren Mooney talks about in his review a lot, how Chris Carter so sort of obsessed with pure evil versus pure good. Uh, and trying to connect all of those. Yeah. And so in this and that's what Millennium apparently is about, even though I've never seen the show. I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch Millennium. Um when it's like time appropriate, I'm gonna start watching when Millennium. It's time appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Well just when it when I get to the X Files, you know, I think it comes out season five or something, I'll start watching Millennium because okay. it's supposed um, to be good. That whole thing of pure good and pure evil always bugs me because I don't. Yeah. It's not accurate. In any yeah. Way. 
I wrote Scully's terrible outfit. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the kid is like being horrible. He's asking mom for a. He's like, hey, can I get a balloon, mom? Asking if he can ride the train. And you were like, that's so rude. That's <laughs> like, what I said. Rude is an understatement, honey. He killed we a child and is like taunting the mother of the child he killed. <laughs> Which is also his mother. Oh, how inappropriate. How rude. What a lame We were watching this at 1 a.m. last night, and I just remember being like, that is rude. That's not a nice yeah. thing. You're going to bring up some old shit. Uh, Scully sees that woman hanging on the ceiling. Remember that? When she goes in and that woman is up on the ceiling. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, crazy ghost. So she sees like crazy shit By in the this. Way, that poor, that poor mother, in a span of like a day or two, loses her child, her f- husband, and her mother. Yeah, she's had a fucking rough go of it. At least she's got Charlie though. They seem <laughs> to be dealing with the first kid dying pretty well. They don't really need well, to be yeah. broken up about it. Yeah. The other thing, this is what that I wrote was down, ugly. is that when they're doing the. Yeah, you did not like Teddy that. Teddy was ugly. You really hated that I kid. I thought his face sucked. <laughs> what? I was like, ugh. No. Something about him bugged me. He yeah, just looked like a fat. Right from the beginning, you hated that kid. You were like, this kid sucks. <laughs> you I hated must have, him. like, so I must have had an experience with a kid that looked just like him at some point. It's in my funny because it's supposed to be a really cute kid. That nope. You, you're like, good. <laughs> the train, let's do it. <laughs> um, I wrote this down. It's like, because they're doing the ritual. We don't know what the ritual is. We don't know what's supposed to happen for it to be successful. So there's no there's no suspense because we don't know what the success looks like. Yeah, that's you know true. what I mean. Like, uh, there's no like, hey, if we do this and this and this, they're just doing something, and we're like Mulder holding it down, hoping it's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be successful. But we don't know what that success looks like. And then when it works, you just kind of have to take their word for it that it works. Like just something like happens. They say the right back. word. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of. Just there were no stakes there because we weren't right. that involved in what well, it was. They were really into, I feel like, showing the like the otherness of that uh, callous. Sorry, I guess that's interesting, but but just dramatically for like being invested in I it. I agree. It's it doesn't work. Um, and it, let me ask you this question: Would you have held the boys' feet down if you were there? Would you have been sure, participating in that? Yeah, if what I've seen if, this crazy shit. What if you thought that that they might end up killing the kid, and then you're part of that? I would probably just be like, I don't want any part of this either way, so I'm just going to take myself out of this situation. So you you wouldn't hold if the, the kid down. If you guys murdered the kid, that sucks. I don't want to be suck. in on that, yeah. But if, if the demon ends up killing you, I don't want to be part of that. And they were like, either. don't look at him because it could go into you. And that's the thing. Now, that what were they setting up there where they were like, he's still around? Well, well Mold, he says, like, Mulder, you, 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 you must be careful. It knows you. You don't know it. And some of that's interesting because, you know, it's this other culture and... Again, Darren Mooney talks about this, where it's like it says about the culture and with like, you know, people coming to America and all globalization, there's like things that you don't understand about the other culture that now suddenly you have to deal with and that's part of this. But the guy says, you must be careful. It knows you and he just closes the door. Mulder should be like, no, wait, just tell me more. What do I do? Do you have a phone number I can call? And what was the name of the twin? Michael. So is what he's saying that Michael's going to find him? That now Michael's haunting him? And then if you think about it, if Michael's aging at the same rate as Charlie, at some point, Michael's demon ghost will also die. Oh, of like old age? And so maybe Mulder... Maybe cirrhosis of the liver. Maybe Mulder will outlive demon Michael. So how old would Michael be now? Michael would be like 30 now, right? Well, 32? Michael. Maybe Michael's getting demon married. Yeah. Having oh, demon kids. Adorable. <laughs> I thought that Mulder monologue at the end was so fucking over the top. What does he say? The howling heart of evil? <laughs> Jesus Christ, people. That was like a Doogie Howser final monologue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to say about it? Um, 
I actually thought there was something else I wanted to say about it, but now I don't remember what it was. I give this episode lower than a B minus, especially because okay. I've been watching. I've watched ahead a little bit, so just because I have to record more. So I watched um, Ephemasculata, which <laughs> is a, it's about a, a disease that spreads, and w- it's like Ebola shit. It's crazy oh. how long we've had this fear. Fear, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's a fucking great episode. And then I saw the one with Tony Shalhoub. Those are the Ooh, two I'll be talking about next week. Okay. Um, really, really good. What guests you got going on for that? Um, Who? I'm gonna have DC Pearson talk about those. Oh, that's fun. Stick around, you guys. Yeah. Coming next week, DC Pearson. Um, He's a so fun guy. So, in lieu of message board stuff that I couldn't find, do you have anything else? Um, no. Someone found the uh, how this episode did that week. Top. It's number 50. Number one is Home Improvement that week. <coughs> and number <coughs> 45 is Lois and Clark. Oh, they wanted to look at show. They wanted to look at, like, um, fucking, you know, sci-fi shows. But you could see, because that's, that's just that week. And then top 100 shows for the 1994 to 95 season, which is September 19th, 94 to April 16th, 95. X-Files is 71st. So you can see this week it's 50, but overall it's 71st. Okay. So it's like moving up. But um, number one, guess what the number one show of that season was? Very easy to guess. Uh, mid-90s. What's the number one show of the mid-90s? Seinfeld. Seinfeld. Okay. Number two. 90210. No. ER. Oh, I've never watched ER. Ever, ever, ever. Then Home Improvement. Okay. And then what's four? Grace Under Fire? <laughs> this show comes up so much. It really People does. People comment on it. They're like, you bring up Grace Under Fire so much. <laughs> it's the 90s, baby. NYPD Blue, number seven. Then Friends. Then Roseanne. Murder, She Wrote. Mad About You. Mad Men of the People. I don't know what that is. Never heard of that one. Ellen. Hope and Gloria. I don't <gasps> know what that is. Oh, I just had a memory of Hope and Gloria, but I don't know what it was. Keep going. I love this. This makes me happy. Okay. Uh, you want me to just read them? Please. Frasier. Yes. Murphy Brown, 2020. I loved Murphy Brown so much. Uh, Dave's World. Me and the boys, Sybil. And I love Sybil. The nanny. Full House. House. Marcus Funny Storm Videos. Great show. Law and Order, Chicago Hope, Wings, um, Martin Short Show, Family Matters, Thunder Alley. What's Thunder Alley? Nope. Turning Point, Boy Meets World, Step by Step, News Radio is number 39. Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Walker, Texas Ranger, Northern Exposure, John Larroquette Show. In the House? What is in the house? I don't know. Number 46 is Beverly Hills 90210. So this must be towards the end of it when I was dying. No. 95? Must have been. Yeah, you may be right. Because you were then 16 or something. Yeah. Quick tip for the. Well, no, it went off when I was in college because I got all my punk college roommates to watch it with me and they all got super invested in 90210. Okay. And it was hilarious. Um, quick home tip uh, on Tuesdays on the Soap Network, uh, it's all day old school 90210. <laughs> Great. So get in there. Whatever the you know overlap between. If you're listening to an X-Files podcast, you're into 90s You think television. so? I like that show for a little bit. So. Or maybe this is the beginning of it. It's not huge it's yet. It's definitely a guilty pleasure for me. Uh, but I d- Yeah, it was the beginning, yeah. not the end of that show. Love and, love and War, Rescue 911. Oh, I loved Rescue 911. I forgot about it. William Shatner. Oh, is that what that, that is? That was William Shatner's show, and every story turned out positively, so you never had to worry that like someone was going to... It would be like, this horrible accident happened, but everything's fine oh. now. It should be called Rescued 911, because so, they always got rescued... High five. Dr. Quinn, medicine woman, all-American girl. That was Margaret the Margaret Show show. I was just emailing with her. Coach, Pride and Joy, Diagnosis Murder, which is one of the greatest uh, movie uh, TV show titles of all time. 
still Diagnosis on. Diagnosis murder. Maybe still on Is the air. It? Maybe. I don't think so. Maybe not. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Blossom. Uh, I think we can stop now. We'll know about the future. Uh, Melrose Place, Picket Fences, Lower, and then X Files comes in at number 71. And That's crazy, I gotta say, right? One of these things is not like the other, and it's X Files. <laughs> yeah, it's what cool. What a singular right? figure that show cut. Yeah. And now there's a ton of shows like that. Now there's like, a ton of shows yeah. like that. Yeah. There's like. It's awesome. Well, it's sort of like ghettoized now. You know what I mean? Where like, I I mean that in the sense that there are uh, shows on like sci-fi that like certain number of people oh, watch sure. or like a show yeah. like Supernatural which is not a big show that's in the mainstream conversation right. but there are people who watch that show every week and love it but I'm thinking of shows like Penny Dreadful and Hannibal and not that those yeah even like those aren't yeah. huge shows you no, know but there's not. a bunch of them yeah um, Emily thank yes. you so much for coming oh god you're, you're so plug? Um I'm on Twitter at The Ginamite T-H-E G-Y-N O-M-I-T-E Mickey Mouse, Rock Band. Anyway, uh, I'm also. What was that? Uh, that was sounded like the Mickey Mouse okay. theme song a little bit. Okay. I've done a couple theme songs today, so I okay. thought I'd keep that going. Um, and I, l- I have a podcast called The Android Kids. My co-host is a real babe. You should listen to it. <laughs> it's about video games. It's on the Nerdist Network, and it comes out every Monday. Yes. Yep. Uh, thank you for listening, guys. Hey, all right, so thanks for listening. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about FM Masculata and Soft Light. Uh, two, two really good... FM Masculata is an episode I didn't remember. Really, really great episode. And Soft Light, not as good. Interesting concept. Really crazy high, high concept sci-fi horror thing. Uh, it's got enough stuff to save it particularly Tony Shalhoub, who's so great in this episode. Um, uh, email me, thexfilesfiles at gmail.com, at xfilesfiles at Kumail, N-K-U-M-A-I-L-N. Give us a good review on iTunes. Uh, go to the subreddit, slash xfilesfiles. And thank you for listening. Hey, wrestling fans. And non-wrestling fans. Check out our podcast, You Should Love Wrestling, the show where we try to convince our friend to love wrestling. I hate wrestling. We talk about all the best and worst parts of wrestling. Like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Spills a lot of beer. Or Yoshiko. That's a literal sex doll that wrestles. All in an effort to help you love professional wrestling. Subscribe to You Should Love Wrestling on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app.